Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's. <laughs> so, question for you Where are you going to be the night of December 24th? Maybe hiding from your parents, enjoying the cookies that were meant for Santa, or maybe it's just another night up late with your screaming newborn. This Christmas Eve, we're staying up with you. Our producer Jackie and I are going to be taking your calls from midnight until three in the morning Eastern time. And we're doing it on a recorded party line where we can all kind of freak out together about in-laws and visiting parents, gift giving. Did I mention in-laws? For more information and a phone number to call, check out our show notes for this episode and make sure to follow us on Instagram. And now we have a special episode for you. This one is hosted by our show's creator, Hillary Frank. Hillary started gathering tape for this episode back in 2017, and we're excited to bring you the story now as our season closer. Hope you enjoy. So tell me, um, what was your original game plan for after your baby was born? Like, how did you imagine you'd spend the first month or so after giving birth? Yeah, so I was basically imagining this really peaceful, peaceful, peaceful time where I would just be, you know, going to coffee shops with my baby. She would just be sleeping in my arms. Um I would have all this time to read and catch up on TV shows, and I would try all these recipes and read all these books because I work full time. So I thought that this was going to be a vacation, actually. Wait, but you're an OBGYN, correct? <laughs> yes. Have you seen any of your patients have a first month like that? The problem is I usually, I mean, nobody, I don't think anyone's really honest about that first month. And so I had no idea what I was getting into. This is The Longest Shortest Time. I'm Hillary Frank. Today, we'll hear about Dr. Jessica Chan's maternity leave, which didn't go anything like she'd expected. And not just because maternity leave and vacation have about as much to do with each other as gumballs and nail clippers. The truth is, Jessica's own mother sabotaged her plans of postpartum bliss 100% on purpose. In some ways, this is a tale as old as birth itself. Woman has baby. Mother swoops in, tells woman she's doing everything wrong. But this story brings that tension to epic proportions. And one new mom's physical and psychological well-being lies in the balance. Growing up, Jessica's mom always urged her to take better care of herself— Wear dresses, pluck your mustache, stop biting your nails, paint them, like she did. 
She wears a lot of sparkly clothing, lots of jewelry. So there's always a necklace, earrings, bracelets, and she never leaves the house without makeup on. Blue-purple eyeshadow was always her thing, um, always eyeliner, usually lipstick. I just feel better. This, of course, is Jessica's mom, Linda Chan. When you look at the mirror, you you look at yourself. You feel good, right? You look pretty, <laughs> look younger. <laughs> Do you mind telling me your age? I'm uh, 72 years old now. Linda was a young woman, only 28 years old, when she came to the United States on her own from China. It was 1975, and she settled in Northern California, where she eventually got married and had two girls. Jessica's the oldest. Linda was an incredibly attentive mom, if perhaps a little agenda-driven. Growing up, Linda had dreamed about singing in the Chinese opera, but she wasn't able to take lessons back in her homeland. As a mom, though, she strongly encouraged Jessica to play instruments. Lots of instruments. Piano, flute, violin. And Linda put in the time to support her daughters, too. When Jessica was in the spelling bee, Linda quizzed her, even though her English was spotty and she didn't know a lot of the words. Another of Linda's dreams was that Jessica would become a doctor. And though Jessica resisted for years, she eventually embraced the idea. She went to medical school, began delivering babies. And then, to Linda's delight, Jessica married and got pregnant with a baby of her own. So I start to prepare. While Jessica was preparing for childbirth, Linda was preparing her own plan for what Jessica should do after the baby came. But Linda decided she'd take it slow, only tell Jessica about the plan a little at a time. Because I don't want to scare her. She started dropping hints probably towards my final trimester. Linda would say things like, be careful what you eat, be careful going up and down the stairs, and I'm going to take care of you after you have the baby. Pretty typical stuff for the mother of a pregnant lady. But then, when Jessica was seven months along, she and her husband moved down to L.A. to live near her sister. Linda came to visit, made the six-hour drive from the Bay Area, and she decided it was time. Time to tell Jessica the plan. And Linda just laid it all out there. And she says, you know what? Um, Agun, so that's my Chinese name. She's like, um, so, yeah, you... Just so you know, you are going to be losing a lot of blood. And this was all in Chinese, but basically in translation, she was like, after a woman delivers, she's going to lose her chi or her life force. When the child born, your your body's open. You have to get get all the all the bad thing out for your body and then get the good thing in. And so I'm going to be responsible for bringing that all back to you. So I'm going to, I've been making all of these soups and teas in preparation to get you ready for that. Linda revealed she'd been hard at work for months, gathering ingredients from Chinatown. Like goji berry, dry fish, uh, mushroom. So she said, you know, um, your aunts and I have been making this ginger pig foot stew for the last few months, and it's in our garage, and it's ready for you. I was like, well, mom, I'm going to have 
in and out. I'm going to go have my sushi. I'm going to go have my deli meats, have coffee, like all the things I haven't been able to eat and drink since I have been pregnant. And she was like, that's not happening because you're never going to get your period back. You'll never have get pregnant again. You're going to have uh, arthritis, headache, and um, easy to get, get old, old body too. Linda was like, don't worry. I'll be with you the whole time. I'll cook everything you need. You won't have to run any errands. And in fact, she told me that I would not be leaving the house for 30 days. You cannot go out. She told me that I wasn't going to be allowed to shower or take a bath. Because I just want want a good thing for her. And, you know, when she finally told me that I wasn't going to take a shower, that's when I kind of lost it. Oh, wow. So, so angry with me. Because that's just gross. (laughs) That's disgusting. Like, I've delivered so many babies. And I mean, for a woman to not take a shower after they've gone through something like that seems just disgusting. I don't know. And were you like, wait, where is this coming from? Yeah, I was like, I've never heard of this before. And I'm not going to do that. And she said, my mom did this for me. Your grandmother did it for all of your aunts. And so you're going to do it too. Jessica remembers her aunts having babies, but she has zero memory of watching them go through this month of being trapped indoors in your own stank, eating off a menu that could only be called mom concoctions. No Chinese patients had mentioned it either. But Linda told Jessica she didn't have a choice. This was tradition. What do you call it? Yeah, mom, what is it in Chinese? Uh, you mean the, the 30 day? Mm-hmm. Uh, zhou yu. The, the means uh, sitting in the whole month. Sitting in the whole month? Uh, Chinese word is a zhou yu. The whole month is very important. How far back does this tradition go in Chinese culture? Do you know when it started? Oh, long, long time ago. My mom told me, guide me that, and her mom guide, guide her, so, so on, on, and on. So long, long time ago. So you, it's so it's so old that you don't even know when it started. No, yeah, I don't even know it. I'm just a follower. I'm the follower. Sitting in the whole month, or sitting in, is still a common postpartum practice in China. And some Chinese-American families do it too. There are even businesses, private nannies, and maternity centers that'll guide you through the 30 days. Some of these services cost over $10,000 for the month. One of the main themes of traditional Chinese medicine is avoiding cold. In order to restore your life force, your qi, your body and blood needs warmth. When it comes to sitting in, that means no wet hair, no cold drinks or raw food, no going outside in the cold. Some people are more lenient about these rules, say it's okay for the woman to drink room temperature water as long as it's been previously boiled. But Linda insisted she was going to be a stickler for the rules and that she'd be keeping Jessica indoors, even though L.A. is always pretty balmy, even in the winter. As Jessica's protector, she wasn't willing to take any risks. If something happened, that's, that's, that's my, my fault. Jessica was like, hold up, Mom. This is your thing. You need to, like, let me do what I'm going to do. I don't believe in any of this stuff. It's nonsense. She said, nonsense. I'm a doctor. I'm I'm a doctor. You're not. I know exactly what's good for me. But I said, even though you're a doctor, I'm the mother. You you had to listen to me. 
<laughs> for you could say that's what I said. <laughs> so Mother Trump's doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, even though you're a doctor, so what? I'm the mother. <laughs> Linda goes home satisfied, proud to have her plan underway, and continues to gather supplies. She's like, Jessica is definitely going to sit the month. And Jessica is like, whatever. It's my body, my life. My mom can't make me do anything. Little do they know, there's a third person also eagerly awaiting this baby who has a whole other plan for Jessica's first month. Stay with us. Can you say advertisements? Advertisements. (laughs) Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're back with Dr. Jessica Chan and her mom, Linda Chan. About eight weeks after Linda told Jessica that she'd be sitting the month traditional Chinese style, whether she liked it or not, Jessica went into labor. She called her parents right away. They drove down to L.A., sat in the waiting room with Jessica's in-laws, while Jessica gave birth to her daughter, Ella. Did anything surprise you as an OBGYN giving birth for the first time? Gosh, like, you know, I've delivered so many kids that weren't mine, but when I they let me reach down and kind of pull her up towards me, it was, it was an insane experience. I mean, it just felt like this total, I don't know, almost like catharsis, like rush of, I don't know, something exiting. Because I was just... Oh, God, I don't want to get too gross, but basically, um, right at the final stages when I was pushing her, I just felt like it was like the hugest poop of my life was just sitting on my butt. And like, I just, I was so terrified of like ripping my bottom because I am an Asian woman. So I've seen like all these Asian women like tear it up down there. So, so as soon as she came out, I just felt this huge release and relief. And did, did you tear it all? I did. I did. Um, I think I had like a, a pretty normal tear. So like a second degree of some kind, um, which my OB fixed up. But I, my sister was actually in my delivery and she was down there and she's not a doctor. And she was like, oh my God, like I can't believe how much blood people lose. And so it was a little bit freaky. So your mom was right in a way that you were going to be losing a lot of blood. Yeah. 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 It was a lot. And I ended up actually um, bleeding a little bit heavier than they thought. So I ended up needing some medication for that. Um, So yeah, I I definitely lost a fair amount at the very end. So what happened next with your mom? Uh, Yeah. So, I mean, we, everybody like cooed over the baby. I ate a giant Italian hoagie because that's all I wanted for my entire pregnancy. Cold cuts. 
Not a thing you can eat when you're pregnant, but also not on Linda's list of warmth-inducing foods. I mean, cold is right there in the name. Did your mom approve of that? She did. She kind of let me do what I wanted to do um, right after I delivered. So I figured, oh, okay, whatever she was talking about before is moot now. So maybe she's just going to listen to me since I'm the mom and I'm a mom now. So she, you know, maybe that negates her like mom of me now that I'm a mom. But um, so, yeah, she let me eat this hoagie. I had a giant coffee. We went home from the hospital two days after she was born. And that's when it all started. I mean, really, the first thing I wanted to do as soon as I got home was to take a shower because I hadn't showered since the day that I went into labor, which was like three days or four days before I went home. So I was really gross. You hadn't showered for four days and in the middle had given birth. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. So did you take a shower? Nope, I did not because my mom blocked me. She's like, if anything, we can get this wet rag and you can like (laughs) wipe it between your legs to kind of get away all the like all the birth goop or whatever. But you're not taking a shower. Jessica was like, fine, I won't shower today. She had bigger fish to fry. Yeah, I was having a lot of trouble breastfeeding in the beginning, which was insane and something they never teach doctors about or OBGYNs about. And so... I was desperate at that point to do anything to get my milk to come in, to get my daughter to latch on, because I was just, I was panicking at that point. And so my mom (laughs) swoops in and is like, all right, well, your milk's not going to come in unless you drink, you know, this vile black tea that I made. I said, you got to do it. No matter what, you've got to drink it. I I cooked it. So she was kind of threatening me in a sense, but (laughs) I was at that point so desperate to do anything to get my milk to come in, to make myself feel normal again, that I just drank it. (laughs) I just forced, I just forced. (laughs) Were you watching her to make sure she did it? Yes. It tasted really gross. I was like, there's no way this is good for me. No way. The tea was murky, pitch black, super bitter, like boiled tree bark. Not that Jessica's ever boiled tree bark, but she can imagine. Jessica choked back an entire bowl of the tea. Her mom assured her this would help her uterus get rid of any residual bad blood from the birth. Over the next two days, Linda made Jessica two more medicinal teas, equally murky, black, and bitter. And this is the other thing. My mom wouldn't tell me what was in these things because I was actually nervous about whether or not this would be transmitted in my breast milk to my child. And I'm like, what is this? You know, one of them, I think, had this thing called called Dongguai, which I think is like estrogenic and like passes higher levels of estrogen to my daughter. So I was really like, I was really freaked out about that. And so I tried to Google, like, um, I tried to look up English translations of what she was saying so I could try to figure out what was in them, but I really couldn't. So I just had to trust her. What are the herbs? Jessica couldn't find translations. What what are the herbs? Yeah, I just say them in Chinese. Yeah, you 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 go to Chinatown to get get the the the, the medicine they, they call Sang Fa Tong. Everybody knows. Even that the old woman they tell, oh you have to get the Sang Fa Tong for your daughter. 
So that's what I I I had to go to buy that that the, the medicine. Can you list the ingredients that go into the medicine? I don't even know. <laughs> this is the answer she you would give me. Okay. Exactly. So this obviously made me really nervous because I was putting my health and maybe my baby's health in the hands of this random Chinese herbalist from like Oakland, Chinatown. Okay, so we looked into this. And as far as we can tell, the tea Linda made probably included ginger, peach seed, and licorice root. Also a Szechuan perennial herb with white flowers known for its bitter taste and a plant root called Dongguai, also known as female ginseng. This is the ingredient that Jessica was worried might pass estrogen through her milk to her baby. Turns out, she needn't worry. We found a double-blind, randomized, controlled trial showing that Dongguai is not estrogenic. Those first few days after the birth, Jessica would dutifully drink her scary but turns out not dangerous teas— And when Linda wasn't pushing traditional Chinese meds on Jessica or holding the baby, she'd be in the kitchen, chopping ingredients, boiling pots of liquids, preparing for the next phase of the 30 days. All kind of soup, like chicken, fish, steamed fish, and beef, uh, uh, rice, balanced meal, vegetable. At the end of the day, she'd leave, go sleep nearby at Jessica's sister's. But at that point, Jessica's night was just beginning. She'd go to her bedroom, put Ella at her breast, and she'd try and fail to get the baby to latch. Her nipples were raw. The pain was excruciating. Every once in a while, Jessica's husband would hold Ella on his shoulder and pace back and forth across the room while Jessica tried to squeeze in a 10-minute nap before she had to start the whole feeding cycle again, every two hours, as you do with a newborn. And then, in the morning, the most amazing smells would come from the kitchen. Eggs, sausage, cheeses. Jessica would go to the table. Like cucumbers, tomatoes, all these different fruits. Like, it's just, you don't even have a place for your plate, essentially, because the whole table's filled up with food. And that's because Linda wasn't the only mother getting busy in Jessica's kitchen. Her in-laws were visiting from Turkey and had been staying with Jessica and her husband in their two-bedroom apartment. And my mother-in-law would make a humongous Turkish breakfast. I mean, it's that's like their main meal of the day. It's called kavolta. Jessica's mom and dad would often swing by in time for kavolta. They'd eat, Jessica's husband would eat, and her mother-in-law would try and feed Jessica too. But Linda wasn't having it. Because my mom... So it's her job as the mom of the of the new mom is to kind of guard me and make sure I'm eating the right things. I wouldn't really be allowed to eat all of that oh, Turkish kabulta. No. But I don't let her have like, like cold stuff, like salad. The, the raw stuff is no-no for me, for, for her. <laughs> yeah. Linda would be like, no, I got this. And she'd feed Jessica a separate meal on the side. She made me this black chicken soup. The black chicken, I when when the child was born, and then I go to the market to buy it. Which literally, there was like pieces of black chicken skin floating around in this like kind of oily soup. Jessica was caught between pleasing her mother and pleasing her mother-in-law. And big surprise, she chose mother. And so that really, I think that kind of 
pissed off my mother-in-law um, because she was trying to take care of me and our baby too. They would politely kind of be like dancing around each other in our teeny tiny kitchen. Over the coming weeks, this tension skyrocketed. Jessica says things turned all Iron Chef in her kitchen, especially at dinner time when Jessica's sister and her husband would come visit. You know, first my mother-in-law would make this huge spread of you know, Turkish dinner, and then my mom would jump in and make her ginger chicken, would serve up this pig foot ginger egg stew thing. And then, I mean, they were both pulling dishes out of their their butts that I'd never seen before. And like, my mother would be like, well, this is a traditional um, sticky rice pumpkin dessert that that is served to Chinese families all across China. And, you know, they would force my brother-in-law to eat that. And then my mother-in-law would run into the kitchen and bust out with this cinnamon, walnut, Turkish hot drink that's traditionally served in Istanbul. And I was like, I've never seen either of these women make any of these dishes ever, <laughs> but this would go on all night. And they would they were really polite with each other, but all this food just kept showing up. And I mean, my poor brother-in-law ate so much random stuff during these weeks. Wait, they but, were making it for your brother-in-law? I mean, because he was sitting, he was, because I'm trying to hide from everyone. I, I would just take <laughs> off upstairs and try to breastfeed. And so essentially they would be doing this for all of the guests who would come visit. So it was namely my sister. Right, because you couldn't even eat most of this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. For weeks, Jessica complained to Linda about her imposed diet, her new routine, lashing out at her mom in a way she hadn't since she was a teenager. Still, she found herself doing whatever Linda said, eating everything she cooked, wiping between her legs with a warm cloth instead of bathing, never leaving the house. Well, mostly. I did go to my doctor's appointments, at which point my, I mean, I delivered in November, so it wasn't hot, but it's never really cold in LA, but she'd put a, like a knit ski cap on my head and like made me wear a puffy coat. And I mean, nobody wears that in LA. So I just look kind of crazy. Jessica found herself following her mom's every command, like robotically. But why? Seriously, why? Jessica has thought about this a lot, and she says it comes down to two reasons. The first one is super common for people who have just gone through the shock of pushing a tiny human into the world. I just felt so, I don't know, broken after that delivery. Like, I just felt like... Something, something had like something had been sucked out of me. I don't know if it was my chi or whatever, but like I felt very empty and like I just kind of felt like a ghost moving through my life. And so, even though I like really wanted to take a shower, my mom telling me not to almost felt like it was infuriating. Yes, because I was gross, but um, on the other hand, um, just felt kind of felt nice, like somebody was telling me what to do. But there was another reason Jessica was following her mom's instructions. Her mom had a secret weapon. Coming up, Linda tells us all about this trick that many immigrant parents keep up their sleeves. Don't go away. Advertisement. <laughs> 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Hey, you guys know those good night stories for Rebel Girls books, right? They're these collections of mini biographies of badass ladies. Well, right now, here at The Longest Shortest Time, we've got a treat for you. We're giving away a box set of these books with a total of 200 biographies of badass ladies. If you want to enter to win, it is crazy simple. Just sign up for our newsletter by Friday, December 21st at noon Eastern. That's it. Find the link at longestshortesttime.com or on our Facebook page. We are back with Jessica and Linda Chan. When we left off, Jessica had given in to her mom and was a couple weeks into sitting the 30 days, which she had started to think of as her Chinese postpartum house arrest. Now, to fully understand why a 34-year-old woman who delivers babies for a living would allow her mother to tell her how to live her postpartum life, you need to know a story Jessica has heard many, many times. The story of Linda's childhood. Tell me about growing up in China. Oh, oh, I had a, I had a terrible time in China. Linda was the third oldest of eight kids. So many kids that her mom just skipped celebrating birthdays. After the communist revolution, Linda's parents and all the kids were forced to leave their home and work on a hard labor farm, a rice paddy, where Linda and her siblings would toil in the fields. We don't even have enough food. No, no shoes. No, we don't even have enough food for, 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 for the kid. My mom always so terrible feeling for, for, for us. Because we all hungry. Linda's mom would cook a pot of rice soup, and the kids would gather around and watch her closely, complaining if the portions didn't look exactly even. The baby would get a bottle of rice water. Linda's mom was so starved she couldn't produce breast milk. Linda's father was an Air Force colonel. The communists saw military officials like him as a threat. And so, in the middle of one night in 1956, secret communist agents came and kidnapped him took him away. Nobody in the family knew where. Linda was 10 years old. Eventually, Linda's mom got a tip on where her husband was being held. She heard he was in the top floor of a building in a nearby village. They weren't sure exactly which building, but they knew he was being tortured. Linda's mom was terrified because she'd seen other torture victims lose hope and take desperate action. Because at that time, I, we see a lot of, a lot of dead body. They jump, jump on the building, they, they, they hang on the tree, everywhere. 
I'm so so scared. I couldn't even go out. I don't I don't want to go out to see the dead body. So that's that's why my mom's so afraid my 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 dad will do the same thing because they they torture him. Linda's mom wanted to keep her husband from sinking into despair. So she brought all eight of her kids to the village where he was being held, and she stood with them, looking up to the top floors of these buildings, where he would hopefully be able to see them, as a reminder of why he should want to live, stick it out. And he did. After several years of being captured, tortured, and released, captured, tortured, and released, Linda's dad was finally set free. Even so, the family had no money. They remained on the labor farm. I think I had no future. I had to support my family, support my 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 parents. That's why I I I tried to get help to escape from China. Linda was the smallest kid in the family. She wasn't athletic. She was considered the weakling. But at 26 years old, on a cold October day in 1972, she decided it was time to be the bravest. How did you do it? I swim. I I escaped you from swim. Yes. Even though I don't know how to swim. <laughs> how did you do that without knowing how did how did you not drown? Yeah, because uh, um my 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 friend he gave me the 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 what they call it, the put it put it on the like a flotation device. Flotation yeah. that, like like the the, ah, the the children the like children a, when when like when a tube. the tube the tube yeah. Linda had a friend, a young man who had a relative in the village where the labor farm was located. That relative prepared a survival kit for Linda, this friend of hers, and two other guys who were planning an escape. The kit had a little money, some crackers, and the inner tube, a children's toy, which Linda carried with her, deflated. We had to hide in the daytime and then go go through the the on the mountain on the nighttime for 10 days without food. I was so hungry. I eat the leaves. I just pick the leaf on the roll. You hungry. You can put anything in your mouth. After days of trekking through the mountains, Linda and the three guys reached the shore. But when they got there in the dark, they ran into some robbers, farmers who had been preying on escapees at the border. Linda's three travel companions ran off, and she never heard from them again. The robbers took Linda's money, whatever morsels of food she had left. But amazingly, they let her keep the inner tube and sent her on her way. Linda could see the lights of Hong Kong across the water, and she knew she'd have to make the last leg of this journey alone. So I broke up the tube and put it on my, my body. So it's just go to the water, let, let, the, let the water throw me to the sea. The water was salty and cold. And the fish is beating on my leg too. <laughs> Linda clung to the tube, let the current carry her across the Shenzhen Bay. The trip was around two and a half miles, or 80 lengths of an Olympic-sized pool. She passed in and out of consciousness. I'm, I'm thinking I'm dying in, in, on, on the sea. I, I probably I'm dying. So I, I said, well, God, I, I put myself in your hand now. <laughs> Just help me. <laughs> and then from night to, to day, until the sunrise, I, I'm still on the sea. 
That morning, a Hong Kong Coast Guard found Linda floating, unconscious, in her tube on the water. She was taken to a hospital and eventually a refugee camp, where the British government helped her look for relatives in other countries. She finally located an aunt who had immigrated to the United States. So she uh, sponsored, uh, sponsored me to to come to United States. I was so happy. Oh my goodness. I said, I have a good future now. <laughs> so I can go to United States. Linda moved in with her aunt, learned English in a language program, and went to a community college. She majored in music and met her husband, also a Chinese immigrant, in art class. Together, they went back to China to find Linda's parents and help them seek asylum. My parents uh, and flew to Hong Kong and, and, and come to United States at that time. So you were responsible for bringing them over to the United States? Yeah, for all my, 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 my siblings, too. All came. Wow. Came, yeah. so That's all, a lot of power. Yeah. So that, that was a really harrowing mm-hmm. couple yeah. of decades of your life. Yes. Um, when you hear Jessica complaining about not being able to shower, <laughs> do, do you think, oh, come on, honey. <laughs> yeah, that's... A, <gasps> I've been nothing. through much worse. Yeah, that's a nothing. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, I said, you, you, I said, you, you guys so lucky. In, in, in United States, you you had a freedom, you had a good environment, you had you 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 had everything. Don't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, this this escape story came up a lot when I was growing up. Anytime we didn't want to do anything, I provide all as much as I can. I provide the um, best thing for you guys. I I I love music. I cannot have a have a piano. I cannot have violin. I cannot go to music school. But I provide it for you because I don't have it. I want you guys have it. That's what I always tell them. I said, you better study hard. <laughs> Jessica, how do you feel about that kind of a guilt trip? I mean, you can't really argue that anything I've had to go through is even close to what my mom had to endure in order to bring herself and her, her whole family over to the States. Um, and so maybe it's that guilt trip that's kind of got me through to where I'm at right now um, because I feel like, I am so lucky and, you know, my mom wasn't able to kind of live out her own dream um, as a young person. So I, I had yes. to do all of that on behalf of both of us in a sense. So mm-hmm. um, probably why I almost can't really ever say no to her when she really wants me to do something because, you know, I can't can't give her back any of the time that she lost when she was young. So, yeah. Like a lot of children of immigrants, and let's be honest, children of parents in general, Jessica has bought into the idea that she owes her mom, especially when what Linda wants is really important to her. But perhaps Jessica hasn't bought in quite as much as Linda thinks. Was there ever a moment where you like tried behind her back to sneak a shower? Yes. <laughs> And I'll have to say, I'm going to admit this. I did take one once. (laughs) (laughs) How far in? Um, I think I did it right probably in that first week that I came home from the hospital at least once or (laughs) twice. I mean, 
I I did not wash my hair though. I basically like kind of leaned out of the way because she would have found you out. Yeah, because my hair would have looked wet, and she would have heard my blow dryer. I just I she would have known. After a few weeks of sitting in, Jessica decided it was time to stand up to her mom. She demanded some of her old life back. Towards the very end, I was like, I'm I'm taking a shower. She said she wanted to wash her hair. My hair was just a complete grease ball at that point. So we argued a long time on and off for a few days. I smelled horrible. She said, I want to wash, wash my hair. I want to wash my hair. <sighs> it's like a teenage boy's locker room. So I don't want her to get so, so upset because the upset is not good for her too. So I said, okay, okay. I, well, I just tried to compromise. She's like, well... Well, you can't get into the shower, but what I can do is I can make this giant boiling pot of, like, lemongrass um, ginger water. Yeah, uh-huh. You have to get a hot, hot, hot water. Like, scalding hot that I can wash your hair with. Linda was like, who knows? This could mean bad things for your health somewhere down the line. Maybe when you're old. But I love you. So let's try this she lugged this giant pot and she's a tiny woman um she lugged this pot up the stairs into our bathroom and so she then like washed my hair in the sink i mean it was crazy i mean she hasn't washed me since i was like a little kid my 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 daughter uh, uh come back to my arm again i said we we really really connect each other i i i just feel um i i get my baby again <laughs> you know she was pouring like warm water we were talking the whole time and you could just feel like oh I just love that feeling because my mom has actually like really beautiful nails she's like maintained that throughout her whole life um, like long nails that she's really kept really nice so she was like scrubbing my scalp and oh she's like got in there and I saw that she wasn't just being stubborn for tradition's sake, but really actually trying to take care of me. Yeah, because uh, when my mom take care of me, I feel very, very bonding in love. Well, I got a good health and good health baby, too. And I don't know what did it. I don't know if it was all of her, like, crazy teas, all this food that she had made me, like, the five pounds of ginger that I'd consumed at that point. But I don't know, my breast milk came in, like, I was starting to, like, get the hang of things. I don't know. Maybe there's something to this whole thing after all. Um, and what's crazy is I have a daughter now. I, I'm i thinking I might have to make her sit in too in the case that she ever decides to become a mom. Um, if if uh, I ever become lucky enough to be a grandma, I'm, do- I'm totally doing this to her. Are really? you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Jessica had her second child, Jonathan, in September. And this time, without protest... She sat in the whole month with her mom, though she did sneak a few bowls of ice cream after Linda went to bed. What did you fight about with your parents after having kids of your own? Cultural things? Generational things? Did any of it surprisingly make sense to you once you tried it? Or not at all? Tell us on our website, longestshortesttime.com, in the comments for this episode. That's episode 183. We also have links to articles there about the practice of sitting in. This episode was produced by me, Hilary Frank, with Andrea Salenzi, Jackie Sajiko, and Kristen Clark. We were edited by Peter Clowney. We get editorial support from Antonia Acatunde, Anne-Marie Baldonado, 
Rekha Murthy, and Julia Wang. Our engineer is Pete Karam. Our music is performed by hotmoms.gov. We will return with brand new episodes on January 23rd. That show will give you the inside scoop on my book, Weird Parenting Wins. I'm going to be giving advice from the book to callers. And who knows, maybe I'll tell a famous podcast host to put her newborn baby in a closet. Oh, that's good. Don't miss it. Subscribe to The Longest Shortest Time in Stitcher or wherever you're listening right now. Also subscribe to our newsletter so you have a chance to win the great Rebel Girls book set and get updates from me while I'm on book tour. Maybe I'll be coming to a city near you. One last thing. Jessica, whose story you heard today, is a listener like you. She sent us an email about everything that happened with her mom, and it delighted us and surprised us, and we knew right away we needed her on our show. You, my friend, you can be like Jessica. Surprise us, delight us, tell us something about family we've never heard before. Go to longestshortesttime.com, hit the Participate tab, and submit your story. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.